Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. It's Tiffany Blackman. How are you doing out there? I'm so excited to talk to you today about wellness and everything wellness. We're going to hit it all today. And welcome to my show, my new friend that I've met. And I, I know we're going to be friends. We have so much Absolutely. in common. But Lane Bechtel. Yes. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. With the Lux Wellness. I am so excited to talk to you, reading your bio. And Yay. so nice to meet you. You as well. Thank you so much for having me. This Absolutely. Is well, congratulations on the launch of your new business. Thank you. So your new business, you started your business. And when you were telling me, I went like last year? No, this year. You know, with COVID, I don't even know what, I know it's 2020. Mm-hmm. We have been <laughs> really convinced that it's 2020. But starting a new business, and I know how this is, starting a new business with COVID, um, what your your fitness, your beauty, your wellness, you are nutrition. Tell me what what was the catalyst in starting this? Was this dream that you've always had? Sort of. Um, it was kind of a couple different things. I've always been passionate about health, nutrition, fitness since I was a teenager. But, you know, going into quarantine and, you know, having all this time to suddenly focus on what's right in front of you, whether it's what you're putting in your body daily, how you're moving your body, your relationship with food, especially. Um, and then honestly seeing some of my friends just spend $400 on, you know, these cleanses that are so overpriced and not sustainable really kind of gave me the kick I needed to, you know, channel the energy. Um, I had been enrolled in this program with the, um, integrative Institute of nutrition since January. And so I'm set to graduate from there in November. Um, and so this all just kind of happened suddenly and I was planning on launching in the fall and had some opportunities come up during the summer and that's so great. Why not? That's great. I'm so proud of you because I have that same passion for nutrition and fitness. I, I work out six days a week. I eat well and I'm finding out I am in or almost postmenopausal at 55 and I'm finding out, you know, Lane, I'm eat, I eat well. Mm-hmm. I eat well. Um, I eat whole foods. Um, but the problem is that it might not agree with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's even the, even though it's in the four food groups or whatever, it's not good for my body. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, so you know, what I loved, I think I said, or you said, um, in our communication was one size does not fit all. Absolutely. Everyone is so individual and, you know, people are so quick to just take out entire food groups, whether it's dairy or gluten or sugar or, you know, entire macronutrient groups like carbohydrates as a whole. And, you know, that might not be the best thing just because someone said that dairy is inflammatory. If you can handle dairy, there's Mm -hmm. no reason for you to cut it out of your diet. Um, if it causes you inflammation or, you know, stomach pain or makes your skin break out, then yeah, take it out. But other than that, just because it's, you know, trendy to not eat it. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be honest, everyone loves cheese. You can't live life without cheese. cheese. Love me (laughs) some cheese. I love cheese. Paul's shaking his head. I love cheese too. Um, I wanted to tell, I want to share this with you because I'm going to use this what I haven't told because I just found out yesterday. So I did an Alcat test. Mm -hmm. So it's basically this food sensitivities to my, what's going on in my body. And I've had some chronic issues for a couple of years and body changing and we will get into body dysmorphia and eating disorders, but I was cutting out things that really I shouldn't, mm-hmm. but 
eating fruits and I shouldn't eat these fruits or, you know, and I'm not saying not eat fruits, but the fruits that dis- disagreed with my body. So it's interesting because the two most severe um, allergens or food sensitivities for me personally, plantains, never ate one, actually ate one one time. Okay. Plantains and black beans, which I eat on occasion. Yeah. I eat on occasion because it does not agree with me, Mm -hmm. but that was so interesting to me. Um, I did a now cat 12 years ago and it was totally different. Mm -hmm. So do you agree? And especially with your education, with what you're doing right now, do you agree that everyone has different sensitivities? Absolutely. And I also believe very firmly that as you age, there can be things that suddenly just don't agree with you. Um, and from my own personal experience that happened to me with red meat and, um, I was a heavy cheese user. Like I would put it on everything. It was an obnoxious amount. And so (laughs) I think there was one weekend that I had like a pizza and then a cheese board and then queso in my face, just Oh no, it's a good look, right? Right. (laughs) Right. About to go on my honeymoon. Oh no, this is going to be awful. But thankfully I was able to, I was already pretty in tune with my body by just trusting my own intuition and knowing kind of what worked for me. Um, so I was pretty quick to identify it. And so as I started to slowly remove the dairy from my diet, um, and making substitutions, I think a lot of people don't realize like, you know, it's not this crazy restrictive, you know, extreme, you can never have that again. You know, for some of my clients too, that have dairy intolerances, I'll, um, incorporate Pecorino Romano into recipes instead of Parmesan that's made with sheep's milk. So Mm -hmm. a lot easier to digest and just kind of substitutions like that. So like tahini for, um, cream cheese or ranch dressing or anything like that. Right. Right. I know. Love some ranch too. So, and, um, that's, that's, I, I am supposed to stay away from cow's milk for three months, six months on the plantains. I got this. And then, <laughs> we don't even know where you buy plantains. <laughs> right, exactly. And then, um, but the sad part is I, and I don't add, when I say I add sugar to my diet, I have uh, stevia or stevia leaf, and I'm talking about a sprinkle in yeah. my coffee, and I have an allergen toward, uh, to stevia. So she, I can't remember the substitution, some root, uh, mongol root. Oh, monk fruit? Monk uh, yes, yes. I love monk fruit. You do? Yes. I cook with it. I bake with it. It's, I can make simple syrup with it. Um, it's amazing. It's what a great, form is it in? Is it grain? It's a, like a crystallized sugar. Ah. Um, so you can it, put it I'm in coffee. It. It's, you can? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what she saw. So I'm going to be okay. Yeah. But you know what? So when Lane was reaching out to Hillary, our social media manager, and I, we always ask, what would you like to drink? No pressure. You got it. We'd got it on. She said, I'd like a nice French Sancerre. And I went, <laughs> I love that woman. Get her on the show. That's my favorite. So um, I have to not have wine for three months. Oh, no. And it's the sugar because I have candida oh, built yeah. up in my system and they're trying to eliminate it. And she said, it's not the rest of your life. But I'm kind of s- slightly devastated. I would be. Absolutely. What the, like, what the hell? Seriously? <laughs> can I get rid of anything? She goes, well, you can have vodka and tequila. I'm like, it's not the same. It's not the same. No. It's not the same because there's nothing like having at the end of a day, just it's a ritual for it me. It really well, is. Well, it's more of a ritual. I like wine, but you know. Yeah. And I, the- I enjoy margarita every now and then, but I honestly can have maybe one and a half and then I am just. Right. 
just buy. <laughs> See ya. So wine is way more manageable. Exactly. So that's that's something that I'm starting Monday. I said, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna just have you know for the weekend because yeah. it's a long weekend. But um, that was interesting to me because the sugar. And she said, you know, what sugar are you consuming? And I'm like, girl, I'm telling you the stevia. But she said, you know, that's just bother that that is upsetting your system. And mm-hmm. the same thing, wine is added sugar, and beer don't drink beer. So it's all good. Right. So, anyway, so tell me about your business. So what's going on? Who is your client base? What's your demographics? What's going on? So my client base is women anywhere from, you know, twenties to thirties to forties. Um, I've had a client who's 27 and she's a teacher and she's really just wanting to set that foundation to not yo-yo so much for the rest of her life and just kind of learn you know, what works, what's sustainable. Um, and she's shown really great progress. I've been working with her since May and I've got a couple other clients that are in their mid to late thirties. Um, one just had a baby 13 weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Changes. A lot of changes. She's got a beautiful three year old boy too. Um, and then another client with, you know, a five year old and a seven year old boy. But the main thing that these women are wanting is just something that, you know, they cook one meal, for dinner, their children eat it, their husbands eat it. Everyone likes it. It's not, you know, grilled chicken and brown rice. Like, wow, how boring. Um, you know, it's flavorful. It's real mm-hmm. food. It's something that, you know, you can just go to the grocery store and get, and you don't have to order all these specialty powders or proteins or ingredients or right. anything right. like that. Right. And I did say that you, you, you have a strong passion against the gimmick diets Yes. and, um, you know, that the, the cleanses that end up that possibly could end up toxic. We're not talking about anyone because there are some good, what the doctors would, if you have a medical condition or if mm-hmm. your doctor's prescribed, of course, but that kind of makes you crazy, doesn't it? I mean, you're, that is not, it's something that you're powerfully against. Yes. I think the, the main thing is that the way it's marketed is sometimes borderline predatory. And I think it just kind of gives this, you know, do it now, or you're going to miss out. And this kind of false sense of hope of like a shortcut. And I think from my initial discussions with these women, you know, my whole process, the first thing we do is have about an hour conversation. And, you know, I don't just talk to you about you know, oh, you want to lose weight. You want to be this size. You know, I want to know what your work schedule is like, what your family's like, mm. what kind of support you have. Um, what's your stress level? What's your history? What is, you know, any medical conditions? Do you have any, um, disordered eating habits previously? Do you have, you know, any kind of inclination, you know, what have you tried in the past? So it's really, really detailed and in depth. Um, and I really think that, you know, you can say all I want to do is lose five pounds or seven pounds or 25 pounds, whatever it is. But there's so much of that that is mental and emotional that feeds it too, because, you know, any kind of addiction will manifest as a symptom of what's really going on. So until you can really address that internally and what's driving you to do those things, you won't really make those foundational changes. Right. So in working with them, it's been really rewarding to see, um, you know, just the shift in relationship with food and, you know, looking at things thinking, well, if I eat this, how will I feel after, you know, I'll feel you know, sluggish and groggy versus I'll feel good and I'll feel good about myself. And right. It just leads to better habits. Absolutely. And eating whole food. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, and you and I've had this conversation because, and I've had this conversation with numerous chefs and, and people on the show, guests on the show. And, you know, um, it, well, we're, we're going to talk about food labeling because food labeling is is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I have a food science uh, major, a 
excuse me, I graduated TCU with food science degree in nutrition and, um, food labeling is tragic. Oh my gosh. It is. It is deceitful. I mean, the most, in all honesty, I will like look at products in the grocery store here and then do a Google search for the European or UK counterpart. And it is mind blowing the just number of crappy artificial colorings, corn byproducts, sugar, all this stuff that's just added so unnecessarily. Um, and the biggest thing that really like kind of makes me sick as of, you know, my most recent soapbox, but <laughs> is, you know, fibers trendy now and all mm -hmm. of that other stuff. And so, you know, all of these companies are coming out with these products that are, you know, net carbs or high fiber and in theory. Yeah. But there's a huge difference in dietary fiber from real whole foods. And then, you know, added functional dietary fiber, um, the labeling can get a little tricky there. So it's just something that for people to, if you can do more education on it, the better you're going to serve yourself. Um, but my biggest change in just how I felt overall was once I really started paying attention to labels and, you know, avoiding certain ingredients like gums, oh. additives, anything like that. I felt such a difference and I saw such a difference in, you know, my skin, my sleep, digestion, everything. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and I always tell people that if there's a long list of ingredients, first of all, you can't pronounce them, stay yeah. away from that. Absolutely. And I was talking with Claudia Shetty with My Sweets Roots. She was on, um, at one point and we were talking about salad dressings and some of the most natural salad dressings. There's still, you have to have preservatives in there. And so yes. you have to be very careful. So, you know, we, we always say, and you know, it's, it's tough because some people don't cook. They right. just don't cook. And you know, we as food and, and professionals, we try to give you the best advice without telling which, which person, which, which label to go to, but the shorter, the sweeter. And if you can pronounce it, that, that's <laughs> always salt and pepper is really yes. good. <laughs> Salad dressings are the worst offenders. Too. Oh, it is God. the nastiest. I won't even, I can't take, like, I can't even eat bottle dressing now. And I know that sounds so like eye roll bougie, but it's true. Like it, it's so simple to just make your own. It's just olive oil, a good vinegar. You can throw in a little bit of preserves. Um, my favorite's fig and then a little salt and pepper. And you've got a wow. bomb vinaigrette. Um, That's great. I love to Okay. Give it. us your recipe again. <laughs> Here we go. Everyone write it so, down. Um, it's two parts of extra virgin olive oil. So like a good olive oil, you can get one at central for, I don't know. 10, 12 bucks from 10 to 75 and FYI. Okay. <laughs> I use the one that's like $11. <laughs> about yes. Um, and then one part vinegar. So whether it is a really good aged balsamic, um, for like a heartier flavor, I really like a white balsamic for like a lighter, sweeter vinaigrette. Um, and then I always do one part of like a, um, I guess kind of like a flavoring. Um, sometimes it's like a fig preserve. I made a dressing at Christmas last year that was this exact recipe and it was so good. Oh, wow. Um, and then I've done some with like a Dijon mustard, sure. shallots, fresh herbs. Lemon. Yes. I know. And I know it's uh, people, it, I know pe people do tell me, look, fresh herbs are so expensive and I don't grow them. So, and I get it. Mm. I get it. I get it. But honestly, lemon juice, and olive oil and salt and pepper, you can, you yes. can make a bang up dressing out of that. Absolutely. So, you know, and, and again, 
I'm not attacking, but it is it is frightening the the ingredients on a label. Mm-hmm. And so again, I always say if you can't pronounce it, and if there's more than five, five. Yeah, I'm going to say eight, but you know, a good dressing. We, just, I mean, you just gave me three ingredients, right? And they're pantry staples. I mean, you should have that. And if sure. you don't have fig preserves, you know, truly anything works. A little bit of honey, a little bit of agave, mm-hmm. mustard. If you want something tangy, sure. It's just. Yeah. Kind of you know, and that's, and it's teaching people how to shop the perimeter mm-hmm. of the, of the store Absolutely. instead of going up and down the aisles shop. Did y'all all know that shop the perimeter of the mm-hmm. grocery store? That is what, am I right? Or am I right? No, you are. Absolutely. And I do, um, one-on-one grocery shopping consults Good. with new clients mm-hmm. to kind of teach just where to go and what to get, how to maximize your food, how to get more bang for your buck. And, um, with my client, who's a teacher, we went to the grocery store and we know as we were walking out, she was like, honestly, I thought I would spend, you know, two and a half times what I usually do, but I have actually come in about $20 under Mm -hmm. and it's way more whole foods, you know, whole produce, you know, it's little things like she would buy, um, like three different bags of pre-shredded cheese, Mm -hmm. which are expensive. They're like five, $6 a bag. And so in teaching her how to read labels, which is part of like, you know, the consult and just being aware, um, knowing what to look for, you know, I showed her, you know, all of these bags of pre-shredded cheese are all treated with cellulose, which is essentially wood pulp. So it keeps them from clunking together and all that stuff. So it's great for packaging, but you know, you can buy a block of the cheese and get, you know, a $9 wide plain grater on Amazon and make it last so much longer. It'll taste better. Oh, it tastes so much better. And save money. Oh my goodness. So this was an aha moment. So I had my daughter, which is 21. Um, and her, some of her sorority sisters in Mexico, and they were just going, why is the cheese so fabulous? I mean, it's so great. I mean, I would make yeah. breakfast and, and migas and, um, I'm like, cause it's fresh. I mean, yeah, it's I fresh. It. I mean, it's fresh, you know, and we get lazy over here. Mm-hmm. We do. And my daughter lives with, with four of the women and, um, because it's fresh and, and it's, it, it is, it is an extra step. Yes, I know it is an extra step, mm-hmm. but just shred it from the block and everyone's going, okay, I don't have time, but what a difference. It's what, a huge difference. It's a huge, huge difference. So I wanted, this is interesting because I want to, your potential clients, your clients, my followers and community, both of us think about walking in the grocery store right mm-hmm. now. Okay. So I'm going to go over to a grocery store right now in my head to the right is the fresh produce, right? Mm-hmm. Go around the back, meat, dairy. Yep. All the way around. If you go around the outside perimeter of the grocery store, yes, you're you're set. Now, people go, well, what about salt, pepper, oils? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's that? You got to kind of go yeah. there. Well, even then, I mean, and I'm trying to kind of go through grocery stores in my head too. Right. Those are even still on the like most outer aisles. You know, if you need nut butter, olive oil, it's the stuff that's at like the center uh, of the store that you just got to. So, so Lane, so I grew up in the, my early career, I mean, right when I graduated TCU now, again, you know, food science major, I went to culinary school right after. And, um, the, the difference was amazing food mm-hmm. science versus going to culinary and everything's whole and fresh and you're living right. it by the sea. Um, but, but the difference between the two now back at that time was the whole fat free. Oh my gosh. I remember that. Even as Do a you? kid, I remember that in the nineties. I'm about to say, you're, I'm, you're, you're younger than I am, but yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So about 92, the 
I can't, I won't say the name, but there was a brand of cookies and they were fat free. So what did we think? We could eat the entire box. Yes. No kidding. We thought we could <laughs> eat the entire box. Did you, Paul, do you remember that? Paul, you're, I don't know, you two may no, be about I the do. same. My age. mom mm-hmm. used to get everything in that, that whole fat free phase. Remember? There was like green the fat free strudels. It was oh, like had the little Stella wagon on it. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I remember those. All I, of those. I am yeah. chilling up. Yeah. 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 Because Paul, you had, you, you, you ate, you like food. <laughs> I did. I liked a lot of food. And when I was done with food, I ate more food. <laughs> See, so, so it was that fat free because they gave us permission to eat as much as we wanted. What a. Oh, there's still a lot of that nowadays too. I mean, there's a lot of this, you know, no sugar added. Mm-hmm. But it's a ball of sugar. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot of crazy uh, ways to mislabel things yeah. out there. Yeah. It's it's frightening. Deceptive. It is. It really yeah. is. Everybody go and shred your own cheese now. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s and early 2000s were such like a rogue time of food and nutrition too. I think back on it, I'm like how did we grow up, you know, as kids then and not, you know, we, my generation at least doesn't seem to have as many food allergies or intolerances as kids now. Mm. Um, and I've done some rabbit hole research on this and I've got a couple theories, but it's just, it's wild because it was such a different swing than it is now, especially because there's so much focus with like keto and healthy fats and all that stuff versus what was the nineties? Like twenty years ago, thirty years ago? Nineties. Oh my gosh. God, thirty years. A long time. <laughs> thirty years ago. Wait, Jeez, Louise, 30 years ago. Oh you know. my gosh, thirty. I'm going. Oh dear. <sighs> oh lordy. But just aged so myself. Yes. Fat averse then, and it's just the different. So different, different tune now. Of so. course it is. Of course it is. A friend of mine just um, moved to California, and she said it's. And she's not saying that we're bad here in Texas or anything. <laughs> she's lived here for a long time, but just this, the conscious, the diet conscious, if mm-hmm. you do have gluten issues or dairy issues or sugar, added sugar issues, that they're so much more um, in tune. Mm-hmm. And I love all my, my, my chef and auto, auto, restaurant, restaurateurs here in Texas, but you know, it's just more, I guess more accommodating, but I guess um, it, it's, it's just mainstream. Yeah. There we go. There's the word. There's the word. Anyway. So, um, you know, when go back, you, you know, we're going back into the nineties. So Lane, take me back to, um, when you were growing up and we talked about with, um, food trauma and anxiety mm-hmm. that can be, can lead to food issues. And you were talking about the time you were always involved in sports. Mm-hmm. And when you're much younger, you, you were, you, you did very, very well. Your sport was soccer or volleyball? Volleyball. volleyball. Okay. There's the height. So <laughs> your, your sport. So you moved on to volleyball in high school, mm-hmm. right? So in a, in a, at Alito high school, so you were good. Okay. You're good. Yeah. Okay. We, 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 we've checked. You thought you were. <laughs> I hope I was. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, so tell me, talk me back to your childhood because I'm making a correlation with your childhood and some traumatic and anxiety laden experiences that may have brought you to this career that you mm-hmm. have now. No doubt. Um, when I was 16, I was in a really, really bad car accident and I suffered a pretty moderate, moderately severe concussion from it. Um, and very shortly after I had problems with short-term memory and my fine motor skills. Like when I went back to school and I went to volleyball practice, I was not hitting, I was tripping over myself and I got so frustrated and so angry and I just couldn't quite get it. And obviously, you know, I had a traumatic brain injury. So knowing that now, 
you know, it makes complete sense. But I think something like that, especially in kind of like the prime of your adolescence can really, really affect kind of your tendencies toward handling trauma or handling conflict in your life. And so with that, I found myself wanting to just have control over something at the time my parents had just begun a really nasty, messy mm -hmm. divorce too. Mm -hmm. So it just, all of that compounded within, you know, four or five months, I was 16. Oh, you know, gosh. When you're 16, you have no idea what the hell is going on. Oh, gosh. You and think you do, but you don't. You are, yeah. <laughs> so it just, it kind of compounded. And um, I slipped into a very severe depression and I had to start seeing a psychiatrist. Thank God I did. Um, but I, I've always been an anxious person, even when I was a kid. Like, I was the weird child that would watch 2020 and think, like, Bin Laden would bomb our house Whoa. only. Oh, no. <laughs> I was eight. Like, it makes no right. sense. Right. No, no, no. Like, someone should have picked up. <laughs> My someone should have. Wait, where are we all? <laughs> yeah, so it just, all of that stuff just kind of, like, put it into overdrive. And it manifested as um, this deep need for control. And so the way that that came out with me was a very, very... Um, disordered eating pattern that my psychiatrist identified as female athlete triad. So I wasn't ever diagnosed, you know, as being anorexic or bulimic, but this was about as far as I got just because I was so obsessive with being able to train or work out. And then I was, you know, just brutally obsessive with every single bite I would put in my body, you know, it was crazy restrictive. I was doing so much activity and I was also growing. I was only 16. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, it was very much a wake up call. And it was something that I kind of let slip to my psychiatrist at the time because I would have my appointments after school and I would always try and make sure I ate everything I could before 6 PM. And so I mentioned to her like, well, I gotta, let's hurry this shit up. I gotta go. Like mm -hmm. I have to make dinner and go. She's like, what are you talking about? And so it kind of, Peter up to a little bit and the advice she gave me and the kind of functional therapy we worked through those principles, I still use daily. Um, and I still use them in my approach to clients. I don't ever want to have anyone feel like they can't have this or they can't have that. There's truly room for any food, regardless of what it is in any diet it's. And I think people just kind of think, you know, well, if I adopt this trend or this lifestyle, then I'll instantly lose pounds when truly there, there's such a mental drive behind it. And there's that personal connection and your own personal relationship with food. Like once you have that, you know, on a good footing, you can really, really make some healthy progress and sustainable progress and stuff that actually lasts. Right. Right. So, so your, your, your therapist, which seems like a very smart woman, mm -hmm. one, a woman or a man, female athlete triad, right? Yes. Okay. So explain so, that to me because your pattern, it, I, I got this, but go ahead. <laughs> so essentially it is, um, I don't know if you've heard of orthorexic or not, but it's like a overly obsessive obsession essentially with eating only clean, healthy foods. Um, so it's a little bit of that. And then combined with, you know, pushing yourself so much, so hard with exercise, you know, if you take in you know, 500 calories, you're like, okay, well, I later I have to burn mm -hmm. 500 calories exactly. on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And it's that constant accounting balancing act in your brain. Um, and there's nothing, there's no room for anything else to focus on. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my grades were okay, but that's all I did was I would work out and I would cook my own food and then I would go to school and go to sleep. So there wasn't anything like, I, I don't really have a lot of memories of like you know, happy times with friends because right. it was so focused on that focused. Mm. So 
like consuming. Right. And it was a hard pattern to break, but you know, it's, it could have gotten a lot worse. And so thank you, Janice, wherever you are for (laughs) identifying that. And, you know, especially at 16, you're so impressionable Mm -hmm. and especially as a woman. And I actually posted something on my Instagram story a couple months ago because I wasn't wanting to work out. And I kind of have a trick where I will like watch a music video or like a, like there's one, um, video of Justin Timberlake at the Victoria's Secret fashion show in 2006. I was like, okay, like this is fun. It's a sexy back song. And then I kind of thought back on it and I was like, that's kind of like, you know, messed up. You know, we, I was 16 and I remember I have these memories of my friends and I, like we would all gather and watch in someone's living room and like constantly compare ourselves to these like 25 year old, 5'11 Brazilian, you know, beautiful women. And, you know, we would also be like silently praying that our boyfriends weren't watching somewhere else and like (laughs) constantly comparing. Mm -hmm. And I had someone reply to me and they were like, yeah, like think back to, you know, all we saw in us weekly was all these anorexic or like super tiny, skinny actresses. Like, you know, when they were little bitty, like Kate Bosworth and Nicole Richie, when she lost all that weight. So it was just a constant you didn't really see anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think now I hope it's a little bit easier for girls growing up now because there's so much more of an acceptance and body positivity. Sure. And you see different shapes and different sizes and, you know, different body types celebrated. And so I I hope that, you know, you know, but Lane, when you certainly myself, when I was growing up and certainly you, I had the magazines to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, you as well. Social media now, it's frightening. I can't even imagine. As, as a child. Oh, or, my God. Or not a child, as a teenager. I mean, it's, it is. it is. There's so much pressure. and Yeah. I told my husband the other day, I was like, can you imagine if we had like a 12-year-old right now and, you know, Instagram and Facebook and then, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really control what your kid really looks at because it's the internet. Like you can find anything. Right. Right. And I get that there's controls and everything, but sure. if they're following, like, I'm sure you've seen that picture of Khloe Kardashian that's like photoshopped into right. oblivion. <laughs> then there's Photoshop. Yeah. Right. And, and we're all guilty of it. Like, of we course. All Filters. I love Paris. I love a good filter. <laughs> Absolutely. I love Paris. Love a good filter. Thank goodness. Right. Yes. I know. So yeah, there is so much there. And then I have a daughter. She, she does have a healthy, I, 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 it's so funny. I remember them that she and her friend Sophie watching the Victoria's Secret, the the fashion show, mm-hmm. eating a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they're going to be okay. But but oh. it still is. It's that image. I watch the Victoria's Secret and mm-hmm. just go, oh my gosh. Because take you, take you and I had this conversation because I am, and I will never say the word because I had a therapist many years ago say, you know what? You will always be in recovery. And I, you and I were emailing back and forth about this because I had anorexic, I was anorexic and bulimic. And I, I did. And I've said that many times on this show. Um, and I, I, I have to own it. There were times in my life where I was so embarrassed and I would never talk mm-hmm. about failure like that. But I look at now, um, you know, I do, I do. Do I look at something? I, I, if I have queso in front of me, which I adore, I do think, oh my gosh, do I need to work out? Because I did yes. do what you did. I worked out constantly and I'm paying for it desperately now with injuries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you lose, um, body fat, I, I was doing competitions and, and I'm not saying competition, fitness competitions. I am not saying that they are unhealthy. They didn't, they were not great for me because I lost down to 
8% body fat. Oh my God. Okay. Yes, exactly. Whoa. Exactly. And it wasn't enough for me mentally right. because the girl next to me, I'm like, she has to be at six. I mean, you know, it was just yeah. like in looking at the number on the scale and my trainer now has taught me that because you gained two pounds, yes, you, you could have some, some water weight, but you might've gained two pounds in in muscle. Right. Is that, or just retaining water or you yeah. had a bigger meal last night. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's frightening. And I'm not saying because I had the best years, I did have a good time um, competing, but talk about body dysmorphia. Oh, absolutely. You know, we talk about dot body dysmorphia and you and I had that conversation earlier, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a thing people. It's absolutely a thing. And I have a, a friend in Denver that we'd been catching up and talking and we were talking about competitions and she actually did one and she looked phenomenal mm-hmm. and oh. you know crazy low body fat. She's like, you have to be able to bring yourself out of that and not want to stay there. So if there's any sort of can't stay there kind of tendency to want to stay that way the whole time, that is not for you stay away. Um, and I think it's just important to be so aware of that. And just like you said about the queso, I, I still do that to this day. I have to constantly remind myself like, okay, what do I eat that makes me feel good? You know, for me personally, one of my favorite lunches or breakfasts is just a giant bowl of fruit and berries and fresh mint, a little drizzle of honey. And that doesn't work for some people because they might be more sensitive to the sugars in the fruit or the enzymes and do better with, you know, an egg and an avocado, but it just kind of depends. So it's, it's important to really get in tune with your own body and just know and trust what works for you. Um, regardless of, you know, what may be trendy or what may have worked for somebody else. Like I personally couldn't do the keto diet because I couldn't eat that much right. animal products. Like right. I just, Cause it's because of it's you. not, not that you're against yeah. it, but yes, absolutely. It doesn't, for me. it doesn't work for you personally, you know, and with eating disorders, it's, did, were you anorexic bulimic or you just had what your, what she, you so she had, I had very anorexic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the triad, and then I would, you know, even as recently as five years ago would have these like binge restrict yeah. kind of cycles. And so being able to identify those cues and kind of stop them before they become a full on thing, which she helped me kind of set my mind when I was a teenager. Um, it's honestly scary because in quarantine, when everything shut down in March, I noticed those habits come back very strongly with a vengeance. And it was something I was not expecting, you know, 15 years out sure, from, post, yeah. you know, what, like, why is this happening? But, you know, I was telling Paul, I was like, I found myself counting strawberries and I was like, what the oh, hell am yeah, I doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. This is, this is going really bad, really fast. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it can be very triggering for something like that because you are doing nothing but you know, you're at home. All you can do is think about food, right? You don't have, you don't have anywhere to go. Mm-mm. You think about working out at home. So it's, it food can get, drink. exactly. <laughs> it can get very consuming and it can honestly go either way. And it was something, um, you know, it was kind of a struggle for me for probably a good month of April to just kind of reset everything and kind of dig into that stuff that I've, you know, learned, of, you know, from the original therapist to the you know, other three or four. Right. But I mean, I'm like a therapy graduate student. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But it's, it's crazy helpful. And it, I think it makes you much more aware of your own tendencies and you can kind of spot things. You're like, okay, well, why am I reacting so strongly to this? Or why am I suddenly so obsessive with this? And it really helps you identify it versus just, you know, trying to call it 
right? You know, something it's not. And we talked about this before we started. You and I are giving our personal. This is personal account, you know, accounts right. that just happened in our life. I'm dying to get a therapist on here yes. to actually go through this with me, the medical side and the mental side, because I can only say what's happened to myself and you. And what's interesting is, and I've talked to many people about this, but it's not just for females Mm-mm. at all. And Paul and I were talking earlier about, and the three of us about, it affects men too. Paul, what do you think about, you can, you can weigh in on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. All that stuff, uh, definitely way. It's really hard for a guy, you know, I mean, just from body dysmorphia to the eating habits, you know, we're supposed to be a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, Oh, well you can have whatever you want. And then we see the, the men out there a lot of times that just don't care. Mm-hmm. And then you see all the bodybuilder types and you're just like, it's, it's, a, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it can be very, very hard for, it was very hard for me. I was very overweight my whole life. And you're in, and, and Paul, you are in your thirties Yes. and you were overweight in your younger years in college. Until too. I was 24. Till you were 24. So right, right before my son was born. You think that the, you, you said you love food. Was the eating, was it anxiety? Was it just, or do you know you were eat? were you not told what to eat or? I just ate. You just ate, ate whatever I wanted to, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I would literally go to McDonald's and have oh, four double cheeseburgers. <laughs> There it Four is. Four double cheeseburgers yeah. and a large fry. There it is. Okay. Yeah. I mean that. But I mean that was Don't also get me that on was that. also a college town too. Yeah. So that's all. I have. It was a dollar menu. Hey. Right. It was. A, it was a great move. But no, I was big until I was about twenty four, and then I lost hundred pounds in eight months. Wow. Too fast. But. Wow. Still. So what does that do for you? You know, Lane and I were talking about. I mean, I got up this morning and I have a new pair of jeans on. Thank you, Nordstrom sale. And, but I was just like, oh my gosh, are they going to work? You know what I mean? I mean, is it going to fit me? And I was really stressed out. So body dysmorphia, dysmorphia is a big thing for me. It's a very, very big thing for me. Like I still look in the mirror and I still see a fat guy. Like it's hard for me to, it's hard for me. I, I still to this day have a very huge problem with going to the pool in the summertime. Paul, you're beautiful. Nah, you don't. Just, I mean, you don't know that, do you? I don't see anything like that. But like, I don't like. I won't take my shirt off in public and in, in, in uh, by the pool or anything. It's a wow. huge issue. Like it's, it, it is. It's it's very detrimental to a psyche. Yes, it is. No doubt, and it's something you feel kind of silly for it because obviously, you know, you do you look feel amazing. You're fit. I know I'm fit. Paul, you look great too. Like, so we know it at our heart. Like, I don't want to say this out loud because this is, you know, really right. dumb and everyone's going to look at me like, what? Shut up. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, like, exactly. But at the same time, you're like, oh my God, like wrap all the towels around me. And mm-hmm. it's something you have to constantly check yourself with. And I think it's going to be there, you know, for the rest of my life, probably. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think as long as you have, you know, some healthy cognitive ways to be aware of it and kind of, you know, get yourself off that ledge, you know, have somebody that is supportive and understands my husband is wonderful about this, how he puts up with me. I have no idea, but God bless him. He is a he loves saint. You. <laughs> he has he like loves endless you. patience for the most impatient man of all time. <laughs> so, Well, and he loves you. Yeah. That yeah. it takes a special person to, to deal with all of us, but you know, um, the, there's another form too, because I have a family member that reminds me that although I have 
disordered eating and eating disorders, there's the other side mm-hmm. of eating too much. Yes. Like Paul was saying, that to deal with stress, that person eats. If I have stress, I don't eat. Mm-hmm. I don't eat. I just, I just put that away. And because I can control that. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's just, it's I, true. I do the same thing, but I do also do too much of things. So I'll, I'll exercise too much. I'll shop too much, um, <laughs> which is fun, but <laughs> then there's that, then there's that, um, uh, you know, I'll drink too much wine sometimes. So it's, it's always that balance. But I think that is, you know, I, I do believe that eating disorders and disordered eating manifest themselves as anxiety or an addiction of some other way. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, maybe most people don't see the connection between the two. You know, mm-hmm. I think kind of just one is separate from the other, but everything is so entwined. And Oh, it is. It's, it is. And we all have a history. Yes. Right. No one's perfect and no one's ever going to be perfect. No, and- no. And we understand that. And so, and good for you because you can take your, your history your childhood, which you did, your parents were went through a traumatic divorce for you, right? Yeah. Are you an only child, or uh, I've got two brothers. You have two brothers, so you went through that. You went through injuries. You went through, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, there's there's something that that manifests to you and that where you are today because you can help your clients and your potential clients, the ones you have now, and you know, and it's not. It's so simple to say to young women, women that I've talked to, I haven't, I haven't talked to men about this, but don't, don't do what I did. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to say that because there's brain chemistry. We've talked about brain chemistry. Of course, yeah. we're going to talk about that more, but don't do what I did, but you can be a coach and guide. Yeah. And that's the whole approach that I like to take with clients is I'm never going to tell you like what you should or shouldn't do, but what I hope that a client gets out of a conversation with me is, you know, the questions that are asked enough to make you feel something or kind of make you think, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of guide yourself towards that conclusion yourself. And, you know, there's no judgment, there's no, you know, really set regimen for anything. And, you know, all of my clients have all texted me saying like, Oh my God, I had ice cream or I know I, I I drank eight taco casa. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you know, just like you can lose weight, you can gain weight. You can, nothing's permanent. Like it's all in a constant state of a dynamic, you know, your body is an amazing thing. There's so many different physiological systems that happen simultaneously that just make you alive. And so, you know, just because you had one bad meal one time, it's, it doesn't have the mental significance you're giving it. And that's a huge shift. And, um, that's been the most rewarding part that. And then, um, you know, the cooking and the recipes and just really getting confident in the kitchen. And, you know, even for people that don't like to cook, it's, I I can imagine it's very hard. Um, but once you just become aware of what you're putting into your body and all the different stuff that's added into food, you know, in manufacturing or processing or even restaurant ingredients, you look at stuff, you're like, how the hell does this turkey sandwich have 750 calories? Well, the bread's like loaded with butter and toasted and yeah. it tastes amazing, but you've just got to be aware of it. And I think that, you know, if you see, Oh, a Turkey wrap on a menu, you think it's, you know, kind of a pass, like you were saying, sure. you can eat as much as you want. It's healthy. It's refined sugar free or whatever. It's <laughs> not really not the deal, <laughs> not the deal at all. Yeah. So it's, what's interesting. So at my age recently I went to, uh, I had a, 
a wellness with my doctor, my internal medicine. I have a hormone. I have all kinds of doctors, but internal medicine. And so she was doing, I do a body scan at my gym and he mentioned that I'm not consuming enough protein. Mm -hmm. So I talked to my doctor. I'm like, okay, whatever. All right. So then I talked to my doctor and she said, you're, 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 are you a vegan? And I went, (laughs) no. Are you a vegetarian? No. She said, because you, your muscle loss is significant. Mm -hmm. And I went, wait, because I'm a muscular human. I I just carry muscle Mm -hmm. and, um, that's a good thing. It is. But, um, it also, to me, makes me look heavy. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's this double-edged sword. So she said to me, okay, you, at the time you're 54, you have to have, you are, you are going to lose muscle. And she was telling me, oh, you should do this. And I went, girl, I work out six days a week. And I, I am the chef for the beef industry. Yeah. So, I mean, I do <laughs> eat meat, but she said to me, you're not eating enough. So enough protein. So she was going through what I need to eat. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I was just thinking to myself, I know better than this. And I do know better than this. Um, and I talked to my trainer and he says, Tiffy, I've gone to dinner with you. You just don't eat Mm -hmm. you. Okay. I'm going to share this with my husband or I'm going to share this with my daughter. And, and I, I, I was like, no, I don't, I do. I do. I do that. I really Mm -hmm. do do that. And, um, yeah, he's like, you've got to eat. And I eat eggs, but I have to cut out eggs. I have to cut out to twice a week. Oh my gosh. So anyway, so I do have to cut out certain things, but it was just for a medical professional, my trainer to tell me this. I went, oh my gosh, because what's going to happen? You start breaking bones. Your joints are going to, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? There's so many things the young me didn't think through. Right. Didn't think through. Right. You were explaining in your bio to me or emailing the food that you would eat during your day when you were going through your, with your food issues, Mm -hmm. the food. Okay. When I graduated college and was teaching high school, I had a diet Dr. Pepper and a piece of toast every day. That's it. That's it. Oh my God. Working out like a crazy woman, working out in the morning and then, and then the evening. Is that, you know, that's that, I know, I know it's wow. And it's, it's, I mean, I know I I want to tear up about it, but are you kidding me? I mean, who said that was okay? Diet doctor. First of all, let's not even talk about (laughs) diet, Dr. Pepper and the blue. Do y'all remember the blue can? Anyway. So yeah, you, I was just so afraid and there was something mental. Anyway, we've talked this to death, but you know what I mean? You had grapes and yeah, the same thing. And it stopped eating. it's, It's a tricky thing because in all honesty, when I do have a new client, I'll ask them to send me, you know, three days of what their typical diet looks like. And honestly, of all my clients, they're, you know, really, really under eating for what, you know, their height and their energy needs. And so, you know, kind of when we discuss meal plans and stuff like that, they're like, really? Like, that seems like a Mm -hmm. lot. Like, just trust me here. Like, your body is, will adapt to what you give it. And so if it can learn to run on a piece of toast and diet of pepper, then your metabolism will kind of like shift down a couple gears and accommodate that. So the ideal process is, you know, you feed yourself, you know, the max amount of calories you can, you know, for your goals, whether you want to put on muscle or whether you want to, you know, lose weight or lose fat, you know, you need a slight deficit, but you want to keep the tank full. You don't want to, you know, only eat 1100 calories a day when you could be eating 1800 because you'll just hit this plateau. Your energy will tank, you know, your skin, your hair won't be as great. Your muscle tone won't be as great. And it'll just be a harder battle to fight, to correct it. And then as you continue to age and your metabolism slows down, 
you just have to be aware of, you know, what your body needs for all of its functions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a big thing, you know, people can kind of go off of, well, what's my base metabolic rate? And this is something I discuss with my clients too. I'll discuss that with them and then factor in like, you know, do you play tennis three times a week? Do you work out daily? Is your job really, really active? And then you have this kind of buffer to where you make sure you're taking in enough to, you know, feed and nourish your body and make sure it has enough, you know, calories in it to run your metabolism, to clean your liver out, to breathe, to get your blood flowing. I mean, it's the base metabolic rate is like, if you were just in a vegetative coma, that's what you burn. And I think that you know, sometimes people get that idea in their head as, okay, well, I have to only eat that, but, and it can really, really do more damage than it does good as far as, you know, weight loss and long-term right. metabolic function. So, and you know, Lane, I remember at one point, okay, you need 1200 calories. Mm-hmm. You need that's the magic number. That's the magic number. <laughs> okay. So I had a trainer a few years ago. I said, well, okay, what are you feeling? What is compose, what is the composition of that? What it, what's yeah. this look like? Okay. You could go to McDonald's like Paul did and have one meal that's 1200 calories, but what is, what do your 1200 calories look like? That's one meal. And some people drink their calories. Yep. I, I mean, I, I, a friend of mine told me the other day, she drinks three big gulps a day. Wait, like the Seven Eleven cups? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Of what? Coke. Oh, sorry, Coke. <laughs> Is that lot. something? No, that's a lot of. What is that, like 72 ounces? I don't even know. I couldn't tell you, but I, I did the diet, Dr. Pepper, and gave it up for Lent, and then that's all she wrote. But you know, the, the soda industry, I, I took that out of my diet mm-hmm. during Lent and um, was a good little Catholic. And I said, oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to it put this back in. Didn't it? I yak. Yeah. I, I, I regurgitate that quickly. And I said, okay, that's not for me of what I was doing to my body. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, absolutely. I did the same thing with Girl Scout cookies this year. Yeet. I hadn't had a Samoa or something in like three years. I was like, and I had just broken my wrist. And I was like, You're, whatever. Don't treat yourself, girl. The whole box, like bring it on. And I had one and I was like, oh, this really tastes like shit. Right. This is like right. just chemicals and yeah, gross. And it actually inspired me to kind of like, make, you know, kind of an at home close as I could recipe. And when I was done with those, I was like, these are actually really good. They taste like coconut and caramel and chocolate and, you know, not like petroleum byproducts. <laughs> oh, gosh, is, but we was, love you girls. Yeah. People. I know. Yeah. I, you know, and that's, that's true because this is giving you education to share with your clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are 1000%. Absolutely. And you did say earlier, you know, you, you can, you can treat yourself and you, oh, you're not, absolutely. you have to, yeah, you have to, and who knows what the reaction to your body is. Absolutely. Okay. So take me to a time in your career. So you went to college and then you, you were in the medical career, yes. you were in orthopedics. It sounds like you were in orthopedic sales or yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Talk to me about what stress does to your, <laughs> to your body and diet, because it sounds like you were extremely high stress, Very. traveling quite a bit. Very. So explain to all of us what stress is doing. So my highest levels of stress, um, were probably 2015 to 2017. Um, I worked for a laboratory diagnostic company that was, you know, functional medicine and health and wellness focused. It was a great, great concept. Um, so I would go and, you know, have these dinners for 40 or 50 surgeons, doctors about, you know, 
the necessary need for, you know, taking in vitamin levels to account stress hormones, all that stuff. And then I would turn around and stress myself out into oblivion. And then like, you know, I could tell you the exact cheese plate on American airlines for all that year because I lived <laughs> oh on their planes and that was usually a meal of mine, like five days sure. a week. But at the time I didn't, I didn't really realize how connected they are, but stress has such a huge impact on your body. Um, and especially in terms of cortisol. And so I think, you know, most people think, well, I'm healthy. You know, I, I do high intensity workouts, you know, daily, which is great. And it has their place. But if you keep your body in that elevated state of high cortisol, and especially, you know, a really steep spike in the morning, it can really do some detrimental damage to just your whole metabolic function. Um, and what I mean by that is it can fuel a specific type of fat cell and not to get like too nitty gritty, but there's a different type of, um, fat cells that you gain under stress. And then there's, you know, obviously mm -hmm. the healthy fat sure. know, as women like breast tissue or whatever. Um, but those stress fat cells that are fed by cortisol and they're an anabolic being in their own right. So that means whatever food and energy you take in goes to those cells to like nourish their function. And then it goes to your body. Um, which is why you see people with just belly fat and that's a prime, prime indicator that it's a stress, you know, spiked cortisol type of fat. Um, and so just little things like, you know, taking 10 minutes in the morning to wake up and just have complete solitude, quietness, have a ritual, whether you like coffee. Um, I love to start my day with hot water and lemon and a little bit of inulin powder, which is just like a prebiotic. Um, and just sit and, you know, watch the light come in, let the dogs out, go outside, but it's really relaxing. Um, I've switched my workouts from, you know, doing a CrossFit style type of workout, very high intensity, six days a week with a wonderful trainer. And, you know, I saw some definitive body composition change, but it was also at the time of my high stress job. So mm -hmm. those two compounded on each other really kept me in a very, very high level of stress and really threw my hormones off. And, you know, I was also training for a marathon. Like I had told you in my email. Um, and I was like, why can't I lose like these last 10 pounds? Like what is going on? And it's funny because as soon as I stopped doing all that and I switched to everything I could to just kind of bring down that stress level and, you know, actively bring my anxiety down low impact workouts, you know, cardio that didn't hurt my body. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved running, but eventually it, really, really hurt my knees. And so now I don't really run anymore. And I was, you know, just like a diehard addict to it. Wow. And, but the long term, like my body feels better. Like my body composition is better. I'm actually 15 to 18 pounds lighter now, just wow. walking. Is that something? It's crazy. But your hormones and your stress response play oh. a huge, huge role. And so it, especially if you're going through something in your life, that's very taxing, you have to acknowledge that. And you have to be even more aware of what you're putting in your body and how you're treating your own self. Otherwise you're just going to continue to kind of compound your problems. If your goals are weight loss and wanting to be healthier. It's something you have to absolutely consider. You know, you were talking about, um, hormones. I, you, you said quite a bit about hormones in your bio and your communication with me and knowing now, now that you know me, I'm, I am going through a, a phase of my life where I'm not sleeping. Mm -hmm. I mean, not 
sleeping. And I just did a sleep study this week. You know, they put me on a medication to, because they're like, you're not sleeping. And I'm saying last night I fell asleep at 930. I woke up, woke up and said, okay, it's time to get up. Cause I usually get up at 430 or five uh-huh. and start working or go to the gym. And, um, I said, okay, it's time. It's 1035. <laughs> it was 1035. It was an hour and five minutes. And I'm like, that's all the sleep I got last night. Oh my God. Yeah. So in its hormones, 1000%, um, it's not sleep apnea. It's not, you know what I mean? I know what it is, but it's frightening because I can't control it. And I want to control this so desperately. And it's my estrogen so low. And when you said that, and, and, and that resonated to me so much, and I don't think we understand, and you do because you, you've done the research, but I don't think people understand the power and the impact of hormones. Absolutely. Adrenal, cortisol. Yes. And even too, um, there are certain foods that can mimic estrogen in the body. And so on the opposite end of the spectrum from you is estrogen dominance, which can also make you hold on to belly fat. It can cause problems with your menstrual cycle. And a lot of things like soy byproducts or even corn byproducts can sometimes mimic estrogen receptors in the body once they're processed and metabolized. So it's a very, very intricate detailed Mm. dance. And if you don't know that it's, it's got, it's incredibly frustrating and it's, it's so great that you're, you know, seeing multiple physicians for it because I truly think that's what it takes to really get a handle on it. Um, and I even, I was wondering if I was having some thyroid issues a couple months ago Were you, I wasn't, and it was just stress and it was, you know, just, trying to find, you know, this new groove after quarantine and sure. just feel like myself again. And it was my anxiety keeping me up at night, which didn't let me sleep. And so then that just started to compound all these issues like, you know, fatigue and, you know, just feeling overall, no energy, sure. crappy, you know. brain fog. Oh yeah. The brain fog is crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. How many times I know I, I walk into the pantry and go, what, what, why am I wait, here again? wait, 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 <laughs> what am I here? here? What the re- what's the reasoning here in the rationale? But it's true. It's, it it, it's a thing. And what I don't like is I don't like being on prescription medication, but they put me on one and it's not even working. That's really? what's so frightening. Yeah. It's that frustrating. I know I did have watch. I had to break up with a couple of doctors during COVID. And, and so the, he's like, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not sleeping. So let's go ahead and put you on it. He said, but what you're taking with the melatonin and the, mm-hmm. the SAMe and the L-theanine and the full strength of the medication I was on, that should put a gorilla down. Oh, I'm the same exact way. It, my husband will laugh at me. He's like, you could have sedated like an entire stall of horses and you're still <laughs> like, what is happening? I know. Like, I don't know. But I did the same thing for me. And I think that it is it's all hormonal. It all depends on just like what Mm -hmm. is going on in your body. And I think that it was honestly when I really kind of cleaned up my diet. Um, I think in quarantine, we all kind of like had kind of three week free for all or whatever. (laughs) And I was doing the same thing. And, um, that's when I really noticed all these things started getting worse. And so I just started scaling back to what I knew and what I knew makes me feel bad and what I knew makes me feel good. Um, And I found that, you know, making sure I ate enough during the day would help me sleep. Um, Having, you know, a little snack after dinner or something of something that had carbohydrates, whether it was, you know, a rice cake and some nut butter and strawberries or a banana, it would help kind of lull me into sleep. And so I think people really underestimate the impact that nutrition can play in your overall feeling 
you know, I know I've heard some stories from the previous surgeons I've worked with, with people just changing their diet and they come off of a number of oh, medications. 1000%. It's, it's yeah. so, so impactful. And it's a hard thing to do because, you know, you're kind of married to what's convenient. If you've got a picky eater as a kid, I can't imagine, I don't have any kids yet. So mm -hmm. right. I'm purely speculating on how frustrating that is. Sure. So I have no idea. I'm sure it's way more than you can imagine, but you know, it's, there's so many things to factor in and not one specific plan or program will work for everybody. Not at all. And that's what I think, you know. Well, I love you. I love that you are saying this because it's what need, people need to, to hear. We're not, we all don't look the same. We mm -hmm. all don't feel the same. We are not the same person. And trust me, one size does not fit all with fitness, food, fashion, beauty, anything, no, anything at all. at all. Well, I want you to come back and talk about beauty for sure. We didn't even hit that about how that affects your, how everything affects your skin. But I oh, do yeah. have a question for you. I am so impressed that you love to cook. Yes. Okay. Love it. I I um, love, love, love that. I'm a chef and I feel like there is a generation missing the cooking piece. Yes. And you love, and you even said, I, um, you, the sexiest thing is cooking in the kitchen and filling your kitchen with sounds and music. And, and, you know, I love my husband to get, my husband does not like, he does. He doesn't mind cooking, but he's not, a, yeah. you know what I mean? He's not, that's not his thing. He loves to go to a restaurant. Right. <laughs> but um, what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh my gosh. Um, I know, isn't that, that's putting you on the spot. In all honesty, it has so much to do with my mood. Yes. Um, if I'm feeling like all romantic and nurturing or whatever, I'll make something like, you know, ridiculously over the top, like some, you know, cocoa vin blanc or, you know, really good scratch lasagna with like a bechamel. Um but most often I don't cook like that. I'll sure. usually do like lighter, quicker, healthier dishes, but it's still like enchiladas or, you know, pasta, mm -hmm. something that's really good. Um, I would have to say something that, you know, just requires some like patience and attention to sure. it. Like I love making dressings from scratch, um, sauces from scratch. Those really like traditional recipes that can be a little intimidating, uh, like a bolognese, mm -hmm. which is honestly like the one of the easiest things to make, but you know, it's easily, it's also easily intimidating. There's so many different ways to do it, but you know, I've kind of, because I've been able to play around with it, find, you know, a healthier version that still has that really good, rich, like creamy rich texture. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I'd probably have to say something like that. Something like, pasta, like that with yeah. a great wine, great wine. I like to have the music up on like max volume. <laughs> And you go anywhere from fr uh, Frank Sinatra to Dr. Dr. Dre. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you go all across the it's map. Got, I, in one week I've played like Motown on Spotify and then I've got like NWA's greatest I love it. I <laughs> so love, it. I love hearing that your generation there, the, and, and I really think that COVID is, is a perfect example of people getting in the kitchen and cooking. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So I'm so excited for your new, your new career Thank and you. what you have to offer and you bring to your community, to my community, to our community. And all right, let's find you. So we can find you on your beautiful website. I love your website. Oh, thank you. Um, it's at the Lux Wellness, L-U-X-E wellness.com. Yes. We can find you on Instagram. Where can I find you? Um, the Lux Wellness on Instagram or at Lane Bechtel is my personal and I usually kind of intertwine the two. So sure. if you want to feel like, 
you know, get to know get me to know a little you. more. You can right. check me out. So well, great. Well, it's so nice to Thank meet you. Thank you so much for you having have, me. You have been such a pleasure, and you're it's my so you're my fun. French wine sister for yes. sure. Songs yes, forever. So great to to cross paths with you, and I hope to again as well come back on and we can talk about how your business is going post COVID yep. for sure. And everyone, please follow me at Tiffany C Blackman. Go on over and rate and review this podcast, please, on Apple. We're trying to move up in that Apple world and YouTube world. And everyone, thank you for listening to us today. All things wellness and beauty and and so much more. And uh, so glad that we got to really share our stories with you. And everyone, have a great day and keep being fabulous. 